This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and J-Rod here with you. So, how much fantasy football do you play? I know, like, the betting landscape is such to where, you know, that's where we spend the majority of our time around NFL season. But do you get into fantasy, fantasy football at all? I try. I try. I'm not, I'm not, as, I'm not as focused as I am, but I think you're going to solve uh, that problem for me and get me converted to fantasy I won't. I won't, actually. I, that's, that's not my intention in the slightest. In fact, I want to do the opposite, where what I want to do is get you to use fantasy football data and insights to help with your betting. Uh, this, this, hence, is a betting show, not a, not a fantasy football show. Uh, but that's, that's the goal here, is to use fantasy football insights to make us better betters. And that was something that I talked about with Aaron on Friday, and it was this notion that there are trends out there in terms of average draft position when you are putting together your boards and figuring out who to draft when and which positions to take and all that stuff. There are insights in that process that can help us determine the best offenses in the NFL for the upcoming season. So on Friday, I talked about uh, J.J. Zacharies, one of the great fantasy football minds on the planet talking about how he looks at average draft position to determine best offenses for the upcoming season. And so one perspective that I had was looking at top 70 pass catchers when it comes to ADP and determining which teams have the most elite and very good pass catchers. And to me, uh, this was an interesting process where it pointed to the Baltimore Ravens as being one of those underrated offenses. Because to build an elite passing attack, you need to have a lot of passing touchdowns, but you need to have some really good receivers uh, that we can predict uh, will have a lot of touchdowns. And it's your tight ends, it's your elite wide receiver ones and twos, things like that. And as it turns out, Baltimore may very well be underrated as far as a passing attack is concerned. So one thing I did over the weekend was I looked at a couple of other ways to look at overall average draft position and then see if some of these other paths take us to the same place as far as the best offenses, or maybe there are other insights where we can glean some other key details. And so I looked at two other ways to take your average draft position, like an aggregate average draft position, like for fantasy pros, for instance, that uses different resources to come up with their lists. And I looked at top 70 players per ADP by team 
just to include quarterbacks, running backs, and look at overall offenses because running backs may catch touchdown passes. Uh, you do need to have at least a serviceable, adequate quarterback to be effective. And when I use that process, the Philadelphia Eagles were deemed to have the most potent, perhaps most dangerous offense, followed by the Bengals, the Jaguars, and the Chargers. And to me, the Jaguars and Chargers are really interesting because even though we do have a lot of respect for Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Herbert, these are offenses that I don't think we necessarily put in the same category as we do, say, the Bengals and the Eagles. And part of that may just be that they don't have the playoff success that those other two do have, but those are offenses that I still want to tail in some way, shape, or form with my futures bets. Yeah, I mean it's it's I've always been a I've always been a fan of, despite all those numbers. I've always said the NFL's always been a strange animal to me because it's it's not a balanced schedule. You know, it, it's the only sport where you don't play everybody else. So you could have a team benefit like a Jacksonville for example, who plays in a bad division if 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 you get a a season where maybe you're paying you're playing a lot of bad teams your offense will look better than maybe it would normally not look like, right? Like if you look at the Jaguars this year, well, this year they play a first place schedule. So does their offense now regress because now they're seeing the Chiefs and the Bengals where maybe two years ago they were seeing, you know, the Browns and they were seeing the Raiders. That, that to me is, is such, a, such a, a, a wild card that needs to be sort of baked into those equations to see are they really that good. We know the Chiefs are, we know the Eagles are, we know the Bengals are, but the Jaguars we need to see. The one area where I would push back on that idea, yes, schedules do change from year to year and that matters a great deal. But the one thing that I would push back on is this notion that, okay, Maybe the reason why this particular matchup is tougher is because you're going up against another really, really good quarterback. So if the Jaguars mm -hmm. do indeed have a tougher schedule, maybe it's because the offenses that they're going up against are that much more potent than the ones they did the prior season. It may have nothing to do with the defenses that they're seeing. And, and not to mention, too, offense dictates an entire game more than a defense does because the offense has the ball. And it's the best offense is going to beat the best defense. Second best offense is going to beat the second best defense. Now, matchups, things like that, that's when things get a little bit more complicated. But if you have a Pat Mahomes-like offense, then chances are uh, you will knock off whatever defense and whatever look you are, are getting. And that, to me, is also important. And so it is a little bit more complex than just saying, okay, you know, it is the, the schedule that you have. It matters a great deal. Really, really matters in college football, but the NFL, it matters a great deal. But sometimes it's because the offense that you're going up against can also keep up with you to where we get those shootouts that we often see come playoff time. It, it's basically what we saw in the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs, where it really felt like neither defense, even though you had some great defensive players, and you had a couple of good defensive stops, it still felt like it turned into a shootout because you had two elite quarterbacks playing at a high level. Exactly. And, you know, and, and I go back to the Jaguars, for example. If, if they're a 27-point offense, well, the, you know, mm -hmm. that's going to work against the Browns. That's going to work against you know, other subpar teams. 
27 points, you're going to need that at the half against the Bengals, against the Bills, you know, against against the Chiefs. So all of a sudden, you need to step up your game. But it's it, it's a fascinating outcome. And, and to me, it, it bakes into, you know, that's why that fantasy football uh, aspect of it is, is something I'd never even thought of and something that I really want to start now getting into it, especially a novice at fantasy football, because it's just another equation to make you a better better and, and you catch those tickets. Yeah, for sure. So another approach that I took uh, in terms of looking at ADP and then determining best offenses and worst offenses was top 30 wide receivers, top 12 tight ends, and top 12 quarterbacks by ADP. And then I grouped that by team to determine which offenses have the most within these categories and the fewest within these categories. And two teams have four players who qualify as being top 30 wide receiver, top 12 tight end, top 20, top 12 quarterback. The Jaguars come back again. Trevor Lawrence, (laughs) Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, guys like that. And the Eagles led by Jalen Hurts. And then you've got Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, that crew as well. So the Jaguars and Eagles have four players who qualify here. Then you have the Bengals, the Browns, the Chargers, and the Vikings. And the Vikings, they are an interesting case study because even though I know Joe and I feel strongly this way, J-Rod, if if, uh, you disagree, please let me know. But to me, even though the Vikings are due for aggression and that may be the bigger force at play, this is still an offense that should light up the scoreboard. Maybe they don't win as many games, uh, you know, especially when it came to point differential. Boy, those games were mighty close when it came to the Vikings uh, last year. But regression may be the bigger force, but this still this still will be an offense to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean, you know, Minnesota won 13 games last year. Are they going to win 13 games this year? Probably not. But, you know, the number that I've seen out there is, is eight and a half. I mean – you don't think the Vikings could win nine games in the, in that division? I I think they're good for at least nine nine wins. Again, that you, that still counts into that regression. And with that high octane offense, you know, I, I look at it like this: what offense? And unless, granted, the Packers, we don't know with Jordan Love. Maybe Jordan Love will light it up with them. Maybe the Bears will finally wake up and score some points with Justin Fields. You know, we know Detroit can score some points. I, I just don't with the kind of offense Minnesota has, yeah, they may not be a 13-win team, but I think they'll at least win nine games. You know, I think they're good enough for that, especially with those, with those metrics that you're, you're giving out. This is what's interesting to me when we look at the NFC North. Yes, the Vikings have three players who qualify in these uh, respective categories. The Lions have just one. Detroit is the favorite to win that division, and I think they should be the favorite to win that division, but... I wonder, though, if the value just isn't there backing the Lions to win the division. If you want to back the Lions, maybe you have to go to a more extreme measure like taking them to win the conference or maybe the Super Bowl. But as far as the division is concerned, I don't know if the payout is worth it because it's possible the Vikings don't regress because that offense is just too good. It's possible Jordan Love lights it up and is a way, way better quarterback than even we realized. I don't know if I would put Chicago in that same, maybe, uh, you know, Chicago sort of sentence, but this does suggest to me that the Lions offense, as much as we want to believe in them, 
Jared Goff could still be a question mark. And wide receiver, they're fairly strong. Offensive line, they're fairly strong. But maybe they don't just have enough elite guys to where that offense should be in the same conversation as the best in the NFL. Yeah, and you know, and we go back to one thing. Have I have I seen them do it? Have I seen the Lions do it? And we've seen the Vikings do it. You know, the Vikings plus 280 to win uh, their division. Detroit plus 140. Green Bay is interesting. Four to one to win that division. I think that that'd be a nice little sprinkle there. But to me, I don't see – everybody talks about the regression of the Vikings, and I get it. I would still I would still back the Vikings at plus 280 to win that division. I think it's a better bet than the, than the, than the Lions at plus 140. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. The rushing attack was bad with or without Dalvin Cook uh, from last year. And that's one of the reasons why uh, when the Vikings had leads, they weren't really able to salt them away. At, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. they were winning a lot of one score games, but it wasn't something like where the Vikings had a two score lead uh, that you felt really comfortable about their chances because the rushing attack, especially when you look at say rushing yards over expected, uh, it wasn't up to snuff, but still the passing attack with, Justin Jefferson, still really, really good. Uh, you wonder uh, how well wide, wide receiver number two works out uh, for Minnesota, but definitely that offense is still going to be mighty, mighty good. So that's one end of the spectrum as far as offenses are concerned. At the other end of the spectrum, even when I looked at these different approaches, it still took me to the same conclusion And part of it involves a conclusion that I needed to update compared with, say, other uh, takes that I had about these teams earlier. So when I looked at top 30 receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks, the three teams that didn't have anybody within these categories, meaning they do not have a top 30 wide receiver in terms of ADP or a top 12 tight end or top 12 quarterback, three teams unfortunately fit this description. The Cardinals which makes sense because uh, they're, they're the favorites to have the worst record in the NFL. The Panthers, which is interesting because that needs, uh, that needs perhaps requires that I update my ideas and priors about what I think the Panthers will become. Plus you have a rookie quarterback where anything can happen. But then the third team's the Patriots. And mm. a lot of folks want to buy into the Patriots over in part because of the defense and Bill Belichick and all of that good stuff. But if you don't have at least an adequate offense, then maybe you need to rethink what the Patriots can do. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wonder how much of this is what they think Bill Belichick can do. Um, It's, it's Mm -hmm. a tough to everybody in that division you know, the Bills might have regressed a little bit, but the Dolphins are going to get better. The Jets got better. I, I, I don't, you know, and, and we've seen so many problems with Mac Jones that I, I don't know if, if New England, I mean, New England would be a, a fun bet more so for number of wins. Uh, you know, 94% of the public is taking the Patriots over seven and a half wins. Where do those eight wins come from? I mean, they're going to have to split against their division. That just to get three, can they get five more? Can they beat any team in their division twice? I don't think so. But everybody seems to to to, to ride on that. Bill Belichick can get any guy. You know, you can get a guy off of of a, of a convenience store, put him out there, and win. Yeah, that's when he had Tom Brady. He doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. 
I don't, I'm not buying it. I mean, the under at seven and a half is something that I'm buying in as a Patriots finishing last in that division. And now to your point with those metrics, I mean, who's Mac Jones going to throw to? We don't even know if Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback. Mm -mm. Well, I mean, how long he's going to last there, that's going to be interesting. Other thing, too, is that the Giants uh, may be uh, a tad overrated as far as this approach is concerned. And I think they can finish last in the division despite having a wonderful 2022. To me, Washington may improve. Cowboys are still really good. Eagles are still really good. Uh, may squeeze out the Giants, and uh, this approach may also back that idea up. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the moment you've all been waiting for, we talk about tomorrow's hot dog eating contest right here on the BetQL Network.